welcome to Good Darts. It's the podcast all about darts. The quality cannot be guaranteed. It's brought to you by our friends at Low Six, the people behind the PDC Picks app, which hopefully you guys are getting involved in all the way through the World Championship. There's enormous prizes on offer in free-to-play tournaments. And if you've been listening to the advice that I gave you and this man Wayne Mardle gave you, you probably didn't <laughs> win a bean. But never mind, because it was free-to-play. Wayne, how are you doing? I'm all right, Dan. I'm all right. How, how are you holding up? It, it's like, what is it? Day four, five, six of lockdown. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, I'm losing track. I, to I be don't honest. Know. I'm back in my basement. Uh, I think I'm sort of some part of me is yearning to be back involved in the home tour. But then when it was suggested to me the other day, I immediately said, "Not a bloody chance." Uh, I I really yeah. don't want to be stuck down here for another seven weeks. Uh, but look, there, daylight's there important. Yeah, daylight is important. You're right. I was, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. What, what do you get? Is it rickets? Do you get rickets if you don't see daylight? Yeah, rickets. Some, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be yeah, emerging. You need vitamin from my, D. Yeah, I don't want to be emerging yeah. from my basement with rickets. Um, however, I'm still <laughs> sustained by what we saw at the World Championship because we're living in a new era now, Wayne. We've got a new world number one for the first time in the best part of a decade, a brand new world champion, only I the know. 10th person to win it. What are your reflections on the sort of final stages of the World Championship? Uh, first off, I, I, I didn't actually mention this uh, after Price had won, and mm. I, I kind of wanted to. I, I was getting sick of the narrative that was being kind of laid out by everyone that, oh, I, I think uh, uh, another kind of random winner's going to crop up because of the lack of crowds. And uh, we've already had Dimitri Vandenberg and Jose de Souza and all this. And uh the names that were coming, it was like, uh, I, I think there's going to be, uh, oh gee, uh, there's going to be a new winner and it's all going to be because of, of the lack of crowd. It's going to be Dave Chisnell. It's going to be Michael Smith. It's going to be Ian White. It's going to be all these. Well, I'm glad someone that won it is someone that has always already said, I want the crowds there. I'm finding this really hard work. So mm. that that's all been laid to, laid to kind of, put to the, the put in a casket and just buried forever because I was sick of it absolutely uh, you know I, sick of it I agree because I think it diminished the achievements of some of the people that we saw last year win majors and it's not as if I agree Dimitri Glenn Durant and Jose de Souza hadn't indicated that they were capable of playing darts good enough to win major titles in fact Glenn had won several of them before he won the Premier League title um yeah but, I don't, I don't buy into that narrative. And you saw things in the football as well, like, you know, Villa beating Man U 7-2 or whatever it was. And they went, oh, it's because the crowd's on it. No, things happen. It's just because the crowd's <laughs> on it, right. you're going, that's why it's happened. And, and I didn't yeah. buy into it at all. And in the end, we had one of the most successful players in history in Gary Anderson making the final. And we had Gerwin Price, who I think that tournament cemented the fact that he was the best player over that 12-month spell, not just in terms of prize money, but in terms of levels of performance yeah. and, and the big things that he won. It wasn't just a one-off. He'd won the Grand Prix, the World Series finals, and won more titles than anybody else over 2020. So I don't think there's perhaps a more deserving winner of the World Championship than the one we got. Yeah, I, I agree. But it was just... It, look, it was a great event, but like I said, it was that, right, please, people, now just stop. Just stop. It's got nothing to do with the crowds. And like you quite rightly said, the best player won over mm. the last 12 months. So great. The world is right. Absolutely. And it, look at the, the way he won it as well in terms of the finishing we saw from him. It wasn't just that game either. Like people, um, 
you know, people were watching going, this is the most incredible display of finishing I've ever seen where he's hitting double top 10 times in a row. But then he did double 10, 10 times in yeah. a row in a previous game. He was finishing at about 70% for the first four sets against Brendan Dolan. Like this, this yeah. level of finishing, it, I don't think we actually saw him play anywhere near his best because his scoring wasn't actually that good in the whole tournament. And yet his finishing was so deadly that he's now world champion. Yeah, he, he, he won it different ways, didn't he? And mm. You're right about the Dolan game. That that kind of went under the radar. And this is no offence to Brendan Dolan, but you watch him and no matter what's happening in a game, it goes under the radar mm. because we all think, oh, he's methodical and this is boring. It wasn't. It was a great game. He sped up and Price was clearly enjoying it to a point. It obviously didn't want it to go as as long as it went, which was the very, very last leg. But yeah, you're right. Uh, the doubling from Price was what what you you said about the double tens. That was like the night before, and then yeah. double tops the day after. It, it was amazing. But the only time in this in in this event in the worlds where he actually played anywhere near his best was sets three, four, five, and six of the final, mm -hmm. where it was like now is it in his doubles? Now is he's scoring well? And I think it was the fifth or sixth set, uh, it kind of escapes me now, the 136 average. It was yeah. uh, 10, 11, 12. At that point, Gary was literally, literally just smiling and laughing, thinking, I can't win. I just can't win unless he goes <laughs> off the boil. Well, he did a bit, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I never genuinely thought that that game was in doubt. I really didn't. No, neither did I. But, I mean, no. it was fascinating watching it, wasn't it? It was a bit... like It's like what we were saying about Gary Anderson when he was playing Mensor Suljevic. Like, there is somebody who we know has this capability that very few people on the planet possess, but for some some little thing is just breaking them mentally and watching them struggle with it. He wasn't even playing Gary Anderson yeah. at this point. He was just playing himself. And it was, it yeah. was absolutely captivating stuff. And yet, of course, it was the biggest possible scenario the biggest stage you could possibly have that's that's one of the reasons i love this game i think it was absolutely incredible but now he's done it i mean he's never going to have that problem again is he ever no no and do you know what? he's still quite young isn't he and he's still fresh in the game is i don't think he's well saying don't think he's nowhere near past it he's nowhere near his best he's he's won the world title and he's actually on the up mm. I, I i believe that he could he could be world number one for Obviously, I I think Van Gerwen wrestles it back, but whether it's whether it's this year, next year, the year after, I I, I don't know, or maybe maybe never, but I could be completely wrong. And as we know, I'm never ever ever wrong. Um, well, as uh, low six low six picks uh, pr uh, tell us that never wrong, Dan. Never. Well, Do you, you know say what? that. I... Although there has been a word numpty <laughs> banded around quite a lot lately. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. What a, what a ticket. What's a ticket, what, whatever what that is. Ticket. Yeah. What's um, that? That's not just any random word for, for someone you dislike. What a, I don't know. I'm picking up a, a wallet. What's a wallet? What's a, uh, what's a, what's a receptacle? What? what? Yeah, just any noun. Yeah. Any noun. Yeah, hold on, hold on. What's a phone charger? What's yeah, all that about? I think actually if you deliver it in sort of that Scottish Gary Anderson accent, any noun can be an insult. It's a bit like if you, um, 
If you take a noun and proceed it with the word Dutch, it sounds like something from Urban Dictionary, like some sort of sexual practice. Right. That's a fact. Right. Uh, like just, yeah, yeah it's, I've had a Dutch microwave. I mean, that sounds like something that you wouldn't be able to say in polite conversation <laughs> with your parents. Um, but I wanted to ask you about this because your relation, you, you've, you've been a player, right? And then you've yeah. gone into the, the commentary box and been a pundit. And this is not yeah. the first time. This is not the first time where players have got the hump with you. And it's look, it, it no. happens. It's a cash. It's a hazard of the job. But how do you deal with that? Because I'm very, very interested. You've got to call things as you see them. And as we've discussed, yeah. I, I actually a rare moment. I actually agree with how you interpret um, Gary Anderson and, and your comments on it. But he absolutely yeah. detested it. And that does that not make life difficult? Does that not make your job difficult? Well, yeah, it can do. But what actually happened in this instance is that he he took me saying, "Well, Gary's just give the game away. Why why not why not slow down against him if you feel feel the need? Because you, you you're not good enough to beat him uh, just in a straight game. Slow him down." Well, Gary saw that as Wayne's telling everyone to slow down. What, what's this? What use is this for kids? It's wrong. Gary, you, you kind of got it completely wrong. He wasn't listening. It was third and passed down to you. But th this is where I gain, Dan. This is where I gain. Mm. Uh, yes, they fall out with me. But this is where it, it's quite my take on it is that because I don't really care whether they like me or not, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't mind. <laughs> I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I don't care. I've had I've had uh, Taylor going at me. I've had Barney. I've had Gary Anderson. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen expressed his opinion a couple of times. Look, I, I, I like these human beings, but do you know what? If they don't talk to me, I don't mind. Yeah, you've I've, got enough. I really friends. don't mind. Yeah, look, I've got I've got my wife right. Uh, I've mm. got my I've got my uh, poor Donna. My support poor, poor group Donna. around me. Yeah, poor Donna. Yeah, I've, I've I've got everything I need. If Gary Anderson isn't talking to me, uh, do I care? Probably, probably like one percent of me is like, oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish he was. And then that... I'll just get I'll just get back to to cuddling Sherlock or Watson. And all of a sudden, the two-time world champ goes at me head for a couple of weeks. Yeah, fair enough, um, fair enough. Because I remember yeah, Daryl Gurney you know getting the um with you, didn't he? Because at the match play. Oh, because, Gurney. Yeah, he's playing yeah. Peter Wright, wasn't he? Yeah. And you said, well, I think Peter yeah. Wright wins. Because Peter Wright was playing the best yeah. darts on the planet at the time, which seemed a fair, fair prediction to make if you're asked to make a prediction. And then he just socked and didn't yeah. talk to you and beat Peter Wright. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Uh, it's quite peculiar. Uh, but, yeah... It's one of those, Dan. And I've got a new. But this isn't promoting my book, by the way. I've got a new book coming out, and I've, oh, I've yeah. done a piece on. I've done a piece on uh, mates commentary. Okay. And this happens since professional sportsmen have have been introduced into commentary for for their particular sport, which is what the last 15, 20 years, I suppose. Maybe, maybe slightly longer than that. Uh, there's this thing that I've, I've called mate's commentary and it makes me sick. And it's basically anyone that's doing commentary that used to play the game that still see these people. Now, bearing in mind, I work with Gary Anderson on exhibitions mm -hmm. quite frequently. Uh, so it, it, me and him not getting on, it's not ideal, but we'll still, we'll still be professional and, and work and no one would know any different. Uh, anyway, because these, 
these commentators within darts, uh, within darts, I'm not mm. going to name them because that would be unprofessional. Okay. That would be unprofessional because they work and see these people that they're commentating on all the time. They go down the mates commentary route of, oh, they're great. Yeah, of course they can win this. And they may be going on about someone that hasn't won a game in 17 years. Mm -hmm. they, it's just ridiculous. And anyway, I, I despise it. And I will not go down. I will not go down the route of mates commentary. And if I think someone's going to lose, I'll predict they're going to lose. And I don't care who they are. And if it annoys them, it annoys them. But they should know my job. They should know my job. I'm, I'm quite close with Dave Chisnell and his manager. Yeah. I'm not at any moment predicted Dave Chisnell was going to win the Worlds. Because, I, you know what, I didn't think he would. And it turns out I was right. It turns out you were right. <laughs> Although I tell you what, what a display against MVG that was. That was magnificent. Uh, that that was the the one that really got me on about the uh, the, the crowd, Dan. That was the, the I was getting tweets from uh, I'm not I'm not going to say everybody, but so many people said that result wouldn't have happened if there'd have been a crowd. Chizzy would have got all excited. Michael would have picked his game up. That result wouldn't have happened. He might Nonsense. have played even better. Chizzy was unplayable. He was unplayable. He, he might have averaged. He might have put another eight points on his average and and won it. Won I, even more legs. Like, I actually said that. I, I said that. <laughs> Who's to say that, that he wouldn't have improved because of all the atmosphere? Like, anyway, that was the one that really got my goat. And I would so wish I'd have spoken about the, the crowd at the end now. I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. Well, look, I mean, that, that brings an end to the World Championship, but it, it only starts this new fascinating era that we have. We've no doubt been living in the Michael Van Gerwen era of darts for the yeah. last seven or eight years. Uh, but now... I, I, th I mean, I've, we said it all the way through the podcast last year where we had these three people competing to be best in the world. I think that that title is firmly in the Welshman Gerwin Price's hands right now, but it is not. Uh, yeah. It's quite possible it could be shaken loose and maybe be passed around for a little while. We shall see. But I know that yeah. everybody would be thinking, well, let's go and speak to the world champion. Let's go and speak to the man who sits on top of the world rankings for the first time in his career. That would be the obvious thing. We don't do obvious things here in the Good Darts podcast. So we've gone and spoken to somebody at length <laughs> who doesn't even have a tour card and has never had one. But it is still a fascinating tale. <laughs> it is a man who played at Ali Pali, the first Brazilian to win at the world championship. It's Diogo Portela. These are the questions that you should be asking. Diogo Portella, welcome to the Good Darts podcast. Uh, first question, Diogo, what came first? Coming to the UK or wanting to be a professional dart player? What was the decision making in that? Uh, yeah, it was um, quite tough, to be honest, but I always loved this sport and this sport brought me closer to, to my dad. Uh, as I've, I've said in many, many interviews, if it wasn't because of it, I, I wouldn't be playing darts, really. And um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, in 2012, when uh, I played one of the most prestigious competitions for um, South American players, the Caribbean Cup, uh, I got to the final. I was the only ever player from Brazil to do that. And, um, and I played some really good darts, like 90 plus average, you know, most of the times. Uh, and bear in mind, like in, in Brazil, we played, I don't know, once a month. And when I got to that level in, in the competition, the real competition, I just realized if I had a little bit more of um, structure and, and competition, like playing against the best, I could have 
I could become one of the best. And that was the reason behind it. And um, after the after this competition in 2012, I started the plans to save money and move to the UK, which happened two years after. Well, look, everybody knows you're, you're the Brazilian darts player, basically. But where where did you come from? You grew up in Rio. And, and I mean, your dad's got an interesting story himself, hasn't he? I mean, you literally were sort of growing up in the favelas in Rio, weren't you? Um, yes, I, um, I I grew up in Rio. My dad is, uh, his story is amazing, to be honest. Uh, we're only 16 years old. He, he was uh, part of um, the civil war in, in Angola. Um, and my, my, my granddad was general. Um, and yeah, you know, if, if you go through every single details, but he's, he's going through boat explosions and get 73% of the, of the body in, on fire. And he survived everything, you know, and when he moved to Brazil, um, he found some, uh, pubs that, there was darts involved and he started association, darts association in Brazil, which led to a Brazilian darts federation a few years later, you know, and, um, and, and then he met my mother, uh, only when I was two years old, um, they split, you know, I, I used to spend like, I don't know, two weeks maximum with him, uh, during the year because he moved to a, a city far away and my mom wasn't really um a, a rich person so uh the region where where i was born and raised by my mom it was quite poor it was surrounded by seven favelas you know and to be honest my best friends and my friends for life they come from favelas so even now when i go to rio i go up there and i visit every single one of them you know and you know it's 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 amazing really because um to be in a development country after um, the lack of opportunity uh, I had, it's it's great. It just proof that anyone can do it, really. What, what was it like growing up in, in that? I mean, look, to be honest, Diogo, I've never been to Brazil. About My knowledge is based pretty much on the film City of God. That's about it. So, I mean, what was it like growing up in, <laughs> in that environment? Because it, it must have been, as you say, a completely different world from the one you find yourself in now. It is, um, but... Come on, City of God is like the extreme, you know. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't like that close. Well, uh, sometimes I could be closer to to that. I have um, been through some situations like gun pointing on my head to try to steal me, and the guy was of course high on drugs, and he didn't even recognize me, but was a friend of mine. Well, not friend really, because friends doesn't point guns at others, but. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I I used to play football with him all the time, and when I spoke to him, I'm like, "Come on, mate, I know you." And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I don't don't want to do that." I didn't even know the guys, but I just knew the name, you know. But you you gotta know the name. You gotta get uh, out of these situations uh, because otherwise, everyone's gonna just jump on you, really. So I I have seen some few things that I hope no one no one sees it, you know, ever because it's. It's quite tra- traumatic, to be honest. It's only people that live in the area that knows what I'm talking about. So you were saved up money. What were you doing as a job to save up money to to make this this big move to the UK? And it's, it's got to be a 
a sort of mixed feeling, hasn't it? Leaving the place that you've known and grown up and your family and friends and everything, even if it is chasing this dream, to leave all that behind and go the other side of the world. Um, yeah, uh, to be honest, uh, at that time I had already um, moved from uh, where I was born. I was in a better place in, in Rio, um, near, near to the beach, you know, near Copacabana Beach. And uh, I had been living there for, I don't know, 12, 13 years already. Uh, yeah, probably. And um, uh, I had already my university degree, my master's degree, and I was doing some business uh, management, really, um, like merging acquisitions, so buy and sell companies. It was, um, it was quite a different world already for me, uh, but bec only because I started playing darts and I got to know my dad better, and dad could afford a good university for me. You know, and one thing led to another, and because of everything, I managed to save some money. Yeah, I'm glad I, I made this decision. You know, that uh, that's brought something really special to me, and I will not give up until I uh, I give it back to darts, really. Well, look, you, you came over and sort of started at the bottom. We saw you playing in challenge tour events and stuff like that. I mean, I know you'd already played in the World Masters by this point, but... It's not an easy thing to do. You've come over here. That's only the first step. Then you've got to actually make it work. Yeah, to be honest, I start from from the very, very bottom. Uh, when I uh, first moved here, I started playing local leagues, you know, and that was actually what got me through. I started with pub leagues and uh, and because of lack of money as well, I was trying to save it as much as I could. Uh, when I played my first pub league, um, and they <laughs> and they deliver like they they do give food for for the players, you know. And then I I'm like oh, it's one meal less that I I've got to pay for me. So I've signed up for five different leagues, you know, one in each <laughs> each day of the week, just just to save money. Yeah, <laughs> really, like it was everything. Like literally every single change we we put in a pot, and by the end of the week, that was the money for for the supermarket, you know, for the for the shop. And as soon as I start doing well in the pub, uh, of course I had already played a few uh, World Cup events and and I was winning everything in the pub leagues. Then they introduced me to Super League and as like I think I started playing pub leagues in September and in, in December I was already invited to play county for London. You know, so it's just three four months away and everything started happening to me uh, and. Just one one year later, uh, I was invited to, to play in that TV show, One Hundred and Eighty. That that game <laughs> show, that game show will be has already been forgotten by everybody in the entire world. But I would imagine you won a big chunk of money on that. That was a massive thing for you, wasn't it? It was. It was a massive thing, really. Uh, at that point, I had um, I had already managed to, to change the jobs to you know, instead of mopping floors and uh, cleaning hotels and restaurants i was mm -hmm. doing uh, a good uh, data research and uh, data analysis for l'oreal a big big company but that that tv show when i won 60 and a half grand that really really was uh, a change in, the, in in my life because i i split the money with with my uh, with my friends because they really helped me out when i moved here you know uh, i stayed one of one of the friends, one of my friend's cousin's house for free for over a month until I, I found some place to stay. So I need to be grateful for them. That was when 
start to enjoy a little bit of life. It's not about work all the time. I, uh, I, I could spare a bit more time to practice that and to travel to more competitions. And then I start winning local competitions and getting uh, good runs in the Challenge Tools. Uh, just after that, that TV show, I got to the last 16 of the Challenge Tool, which was my best uh, result until then. And things start changing that really open up for sponsorship, management, and, and you know, and, and then the rest is history, really. Uh, you were paired up with James Wade in, in that TV show, and there were loads of, like, big-name players there. Was that the first time you'd been in the same room as a lot of those guys? No. Um, I, as soon as I, I moved to the UK, um, I think I moved in July, and in October there was a Players' Championship. I, uh, I managed to get into one of them um, with Kyle Anderson because I know Kyle since my first ever tournament, my first ever international tournament in 2004. I've seen since the picture. We... Kyle had dreadlocks. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, we've we've been in touch since then, really. And the plan, actually, it was before I moved to the UK, was to move to Kyle's house, Kyle's house, to, to practice with him and his manager at the time. And then get a little bit better, and then make a move to, to the UK. But in January that year, Kyle got a tour card, so I had to change the plans and move to the UK. And um, yeah, uh, as soon as I got in the Players Championship, when I saw the setup, the structure that PDC had, I literally I start crying. Like one day I want to be here. That's the dream, you know. And and I've been through that. You know, I I, I played many many Players Championship. I think. Most of most of the players championship for two years, but I never had my tool card, and that's the goal. I've got to get my tool card. What was it like when you played Wadey for the first time? Because as far as I was loving to look through the records, I think you played him once, and it went to a last leg decider. But bearing in mind that he helped when you sixteen grand when you were just finding your way in life, let alone in darts. Uh, was it a bit weird taking him on? No, it wasn't because um, at that point we had been practicing. You know, um, I think I practiced with James Wade for three months. Okay. Um, he taught me a lot. And to, to be honest, I don't want to say anything, but I was beating him more than he was beating me in the practice. And, you know, it was quite, <laughs> it, it was quite weird. Uh, yeah. And, and he gave me some very good advice, which I follow even now. You know, I've been following it. But uh, at that last, last, decided I was sitting 24 of the 12 darts and he took a 14 that out so what Standard can I say you know? weight stuff, that. <laughs> yeah yeah you guys eight it was typical weight it was 80 60 double 10 he didn't even in the third out you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh my god you're just weird <laughs> I, I needed to, I need to be cool like him you know to finish the games off well I think uh, is that little Diana we can hear in the background there it is, it is. Yeah, yeah. things but, have, yeah. like this This yeah. last sort of year, two years for you, uh, you've been fighting to get your way onto the tour and get your tour card for the first time. You've had your first child. You're, you're currently in the process of moving house again. I mean, you've lived in London, up in the northwest, Chorley. Now you're off to Cambridge, potentially. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of upheaval to, to deal with while you're still trying to establish yourself in a top-level sport. Um, it is, but you know we we got adapt. You know, and I'm not even not only saying um, on life. You know, we got adapting the tour as well because a lot of things have been happening, and we got to get used to it. You know, maybe the PDC will change because the the series events 
was quite good. I I enjoy it, and and the the players that play seem to to be enjoying it as well. So maybe PDC could come up next year with a lot more of these series events at five six in the in the week, and people need to adapt. So, so I just try to adapt. I am hoping this moving here is just a new beginning. You know, after everything I've been through, and of course the interviews I've I've uh, I've done after the World Championship as well. I'm dealing like it's just uh, the last turn, the last corner I, I'm turning to to change my life to better. You know, maybe that's what I need. Well, look, we did talk at the World Championship. You, you won your first game on the Ali Pali stage, which is uh, an incredible thing for any player to do. First Brazilian to do it as well. But you did talk to us about how hard it had been over the previous months and how you'd struggled with your mental health. Can you just detail how how that progressed and, and how you've managed to to come through the other side, hopefully. Yeah, I think it was just uh, uh, two or three months, in my, three or four months in my life that, to be honest, nothing was was, was going my way. Uh, Ariana had a post-birth depression. You know, uh, Diana had to do a surgery um, just after three weeks she was born. Uh, and everything I tried, she was really sick for like three Three months basically, and everything I, I felt I was, uh, I was not being a good father, you know, and and that that hurt me a lot. And in the process, I had to spend nights in the in the uh, hospital with my daughter, yeah, nights awake, of course, and come back and playing some online leagues during the day for like eight hours, ten hours sometimes. And I was not performing as well because I was tired. My mind was not in there. So, like, you know, my personal life is it's not going well. My darts is not going well. I just got to the point that what am I doing here? I'm not winning. I've got, I've got loads of hating in the, in the social media. Um, my daughter, is, I, I didn't know if she was going to survive. I didn't know if uh, if I was being a good dad. And I didn't know if uh, I could... Uh, oh, I was going to play well with darts again. So what's the point to, to live in that situation? And and that was really hard. But when I called PDPA, they introduced me to Sporting Chance. And and I've had a few sessions and I managed to get through it. I put everything in perspective. Um, I managed to, to challenge all my thoughts. And and now I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm up and running again. Well, that's great news, Diego. Ariana and Diana doing okay as well? Yes, they are. They're both fine. Uh, thanks for asking. She's beautiful. She's she's uh, like a normal baby now. You know, it's no, no more problems. What now then, Diego? I know that we're still sat here waiting to find out what kind of a year we're looking at, but the last year, which has been so tumultuous for you, that hasn't dented your belief about where you can go in your career. Yes, um, I, I I still believe it. Uh, of course, uh, uh, if I didn't believe, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here. But um, I think I had to learn how to play the game. You know, forget about average. I think when that connect came through about two years ago, I was too fascinated about average and I forgot to play the game. Um, now I don't care. Now I, I want to win. You know, one of my worst performances on TV ever. Um, I, I managed to be <laughs> Steve Beaton, you know, as an 89 average. If you get all the big TV competitions, I, I never averaged below 90, 93, I think. It was 
was my worst average, you know. But um, I don't want to talk about average anymore. I want to talk about wins, and I've been I've been taking my chances even in these online competitions. You know, if I play poorly, I play poorly. As as long as I win, I win. And I think that's the the change of mentality that I, I have now. You know, is if you get an opportunity to take a leg in twenty one dots, you've got a point. You know. If you finish a nine dot leg, you still still got a point as well, you know. So that's that's my my view now. I don't care about average, you know. I got to the last eight, I think, in the last challenge or last sixteen something. I never average about above eighty three, I think, eighty five. But I don't care anymore, you know. Where where two years ago I would be fuming, you know, I'm not playing well, I'm not playing well, I'm not playing well, and maybe not get as many wins as I uh, as I should and. And I think that that changed. What would you prefer? Would you rather become world champion yourself? Or would you rather look around 10 years from now and see half a dozen other Brazilian players who all followed in your footsteps and all won titles on the PDC? If the second option comes with a like professional tour in South America, in Brazil and South America, the second option. But I'm sure I can make all happen. Diogo Portela there, a fascinating man. I mean, look, I've, I've talked to him for ages there, so people might have been skipping through bits of that. They shouldn't do, because he's a very interesting man. But I'm sad I didn't get to speak about his dad and his granddad, who sound like they've lived the most incredible lives known to man. Like on boats yeah, and in that... civil wars and generals and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Amazing. Forget darts. That's that's interesting. Yeah, he, he's been around, though, Diogo, hasn't he? And mm. it was quite... I thought it was interesting when you were saying... Oh, uh, like playing against James Wade and and he used to practice with him. I I, I didn't didn't know that, but and and who, who can forget the uh, the the darts program? The, the everyone darts can forget that, it. Everyone. Do you can know forget what? It, Dan, you know you know when you mentioned it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd forgot completely, completely and utterly forgot. And yeah. that that's the that's the most prize money he's ever won. And, yeah, and that's, that's, it is. It's not okay. Look, it's a bit funny. It's a bit funny, but do you know what? He's got an ability, Diogo. Unfortunately, uh, and he mentioned averages there. Mm. Since and he he mentioned averages. He mentioned darts connect. We live in a statistical world where analysis is kind of everything, and it's not it's not kind of wrong to overanalyze, but it 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 obviously affects some people more than others, and. Mm the winning does become secondary at times, which is, for me, impossible to, to actually believe, uh, where he's worrying about averages and, and it is about winning. I, I think he thinks too much. And I, I actually had him round mine, Dan, around the hub a couple of years ago. Oh, did you? Uh, with, yeah, with Bruno Rangel, yeah, when they were, uh, just the before World they Cup, were competing yeah. in the World Cup. And he was making me cocktails and everything, Diogo. I was... <laughs> I was just pissed as a fart, Dan. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, maybe, maybe if you spent more time actually, you know, using some of your knowledge and expertise <laughs> rather than force-feeding your Kuiperinias, then maybe then it wouldn't have taken so long to win a game at Ali Pali. Uh, no, I, I, I did, we did, we did. It was, it was at the end of the, uh, at the end of the day, basically. But he is such a trier, and he so wants to, wants to achieve, and 
to do that, to do that, you have to relax. And mm. do you know what? I, I, I just don't think he relaxes enough. He's, he's such a, a nice human being. And I don't think he's achieved anything that he, he, he he's probably talent warrants, to be fair. And like you said, never had a tour card. Quite, quite incredible, really. Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe this year will be the year. It's it's an interesting yeah. one. I just I, I I just like these these examples, these one offs who who force their way through from a country which is not a traditional darts playing country, and and hopefully no. it, it's it gives us a foothold in those countries and indeed the whole continent of South America, um, because yeah. then look whether it's Diogo, whether it's somebody who follows in his footsteps who can actually make people sit up and take notice. We've got Jose de Sousa. I mean, Jose's just been included in the Premier League. They don't even show PDC darts on TV in Portugal. They do in Spain, but it's not on in right. Portugal. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping wow. that that starts to change. You know, Devon in South Africa, he's been getting a lot more media attention back home. But we do, the, the game, if it is going to continue to grow and going to continue to be taken seriously and have more money come into the game, all this sort of thing, which benefits the sport and benefits the players, course. then it yeah. needs to find new territories because Germany has sustained it for the last few years and hopefully will continue to do so. But you can't just keep expecting that Germany's going to grow and grow and grow and grow. You need other bits of the world to sit up and take notice. And look, America's been... and yeah, we've We've had a world champion from North America and it's never really caught on there's just too much too crowded a sporting landscape to to really stick your flag in it and and make make some territory of your own it's very difficult i mean you went over to america didn't you for a number of years playing tournaments over there and it it never steadfastly remained a a very niche sport it geographically it it can be impossible for for the players uh expenses wise from from new york to to la it's like a it's like a four or five hour plane journey mm. and unless the prize money warrants it uh the the, the expense then people are not going to bother and i'm not saying this is a thing with with uh, the american players but when you get the elite uh competing against them they they feel that it would be a wasted expense they're not going to mm. pay a thousand dollars to go from new york to la vice versa uh wherever florida to to washington they're, they're not going to bother if they feel that they can't win or pay their way uh so what they'd rather do they'd, they'd rather do these these extravaganzas like in cleveland where where there's about 10 events in about four days and they can pinch dollars here there and everywhere that that's the way they, they like doing it uh but i i, I agree with you it, it it remains it remains massively untapped uh, the, the USA and these other places that like what you said about Jose and, and Portugal, what we don't want to happen. I want to say we, I'm on about everyone involved in darts. We don't want another, another Holland to happen. Uh, we don't want all the players to, to kind of just keep plowing in, doing exhibitions, doing tournaments, left, right and center in one country. And then it becomes stale. And then there's that little drop off uh, forever how long uh, it's been now. And the exhibitions and and corporates and, and the tournaments in Holland are nowhere near what they were in the 2000s. But it's picking up again. We don't want that to happen in Germany. We can't keep uh, tapping into the same countries. It, it's hugely important. And like you said about uh, Diogo, 
if we can get into South America, and obviously we being all, uh, then it can only it can only help that the sport grow uh, to, to even bigger and even wider audiences. Quite quite staggering that it can grow. Let's be fair. Yeah, look, the potential is there. And look, the, the PDC and their affiliates are very good. They've got an Asia tour to try and help it grow there. They've got the American tour, the CDC circuit to try and help it grow in North America. And and th these are all great things. But what we do need is a very strong WDF system because the thing is, the next Phil yeah. Taylor or Michael Van Gerwen might turn up in Nigeria or in, yeah. who knows, Taiwan or Alaska. It doesn't matter. They, they could appear somewhere where yeah. they've got a God-given talent and some sort of knack and ability, and they could be a superstar of this game. But if there's no pathway for them, if there's no way where they can get a set of darts, play in some local tournaments, then play in some regional ones, then some national ones, and then international ones, then we're not going to find them. Who knows how many we might have missed out on already. There might have been two yeah. or three Phil Taylors that we've missed out on because there hasn't been a pathway in place. But look, the sooner the WDF uh, are up and running, and I think there's some very encouraging news from them. We'll try and get little Richard or whoever else on the podcast at some point this week to talk about it. seems a sensible time to do so. Uh, then hopefully then yeah. that side of the game can be covered off and then it's everyone's a winner because the amateur game, any every level of the game, the, the PDC is for you know 128 tour card holders and various other affiliates, but there's... 128 million people out there who want to play darts and some of them are going to have a God-given gift. So the sooner we get to see the WDF in full swing and I believe it's got the talent behind it to make it work, then the better. And we might see a few more people like Diogo uh, making the move and potentially reaching the elite. Wayne Mardell, a commentator on Sky. What a ticket. Anyway. What an empty. So that makes me the bad person. <laughs> there's bad and there's bad. Okay. If nobody likes it, do one. Wayne Mardell, Rod Hatton, Mark Webster. This is the thing you use last, right? You sit and you watch that. Think about what you said. Get all your facts right. Wayne Mardell. What an empty. Well, of course, we've got a little bit of a hiatus. We don't have any Q school lined up just yet, and we're not quite sure when the full tour gets to start. But we have had nine players announced for the Premier League, and we've got the Masters coming up, an expanded field of 24. First off, Wayne, the announcement about the Premier League, I have purposefully avoided saying anything on social media until the World Championship is completely done, because that's one of the things that really yep. annoys me. It's like, oh, who's going to yep. be in the Premier League? I don't care. There's the biggest tournament in the world that's playing out, and the quarters and the semis and the final, and people are going, oh, well, I'm not sure whether I'd put James Wade in. I think maybe somebody... Come on. I mean, this it's a complete <laughs> sideshow. I wouldn't have even announced those nine names on the night of the final. I'd wait a couple of days, but evidently, I know there's TV, and they want it all to, you know, next thing to promote. Um, what do you make of leaving this one space free? I think it's a very strange decision, if I'm honest. I quite like but, it, but I think it's strange. Yeah, I, I I quite like it and think it's quite odd as well. But first off, I, I share your opinion 100% about talking anything Premier League during the world. And this is how known, this is how known my stance is on, on that. The uh, executive producer, Rory Hopkins of, of Sky mm -hmm. Sports Darts, uh, 
when we we knew Matt Portal was going to come on and talk about the the, the Premier League at, at the end of after the, the the World Championship winning dart had gone in, and we have to wear kind of uh, an earpiece so we can hear the show, what's going on, and take direction basically. Mm-hmm. And as we're sitting there and, and Matt's making this this announcement. Rory Ockin is giving it. Wayne, I know you're not fucking interested, but look interested. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the swearing. Sorry for the swearing. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not. I'm not kidding you. Uh, uh, they they know that, and I, I can't. I can't stand it. I can't. I, I just want to talk about Gedwin Price and and Gary Anderson and mm. the other stories like Danny Baggish. I, I just want to talk about the, these these real stories from the world. And when I have to talk about the Premier League, I go from oh, it's the World Championships. Oh right, yeah, the Premier League. Yeah, Premier superb. League. Superb. I mean, you'll, you'll get excited Look, about I, it. I'm excited just not now. About it. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Look, Dan, I'm now kind of getting not excited about it, but I've already started doing a bit of prep, and mm-hmm. and I just want to I want to know what what's going on, of course, but not during the worlds. But anyway, I've made my point clear on that. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing I really I like. I like is... Yeah. Look, we know, we know that what the Premier League is about. It's about putting bums on seats, ideally about 10,000 of them every Thursday in massive arenas all over Europe. And yeah. so what that is, that is about putting popular players in, entertaining players in, quick players in, exciting players in, potentially players yeah. that are going to bring fans with them. So from the different territories that the the league is going to be visiting. There are lots of things that play into this. It is a show. Now, admittedly... It's a show. Yep. It's, it, it is a, a massive show with huge prize yep. money. And it, I believe it's po- probably the hardest major title to win because it's just yep. relentless. You know this. I mean, you, you yep. found it hard to win a game, let alone win the old bloody thing. But Correct. I, I, I think there is, <laughs> yeah, I think there's, there's huge value in it. But what has happened here is we've got an expanded field of 24 players at the Masters where it seems like the PDC have said, well, go on then. If you go and win the Masters, then... Uh, you're in the Premier League. And it opens yeah. the door for players that do not fit this criteria at all, which as a darts hipster, I am absolutely going to be laughing my essentials off if a player who you don't think is Premier League material normally just forces their way in. I mean, look, I love Christoph Ratajski. We all know that. The fact that you can't speak English yeah. is a big downer yeah. when you're trying to promote a yeah. show all over Europe where people are treat, you know, want you to speak English and do interviews. Now, he could force yeah. his way in, which would be hilarious. I mean, that would be it, absolutely It kind of would, wouldn't it? Yes. And the, yeah. the, as we know, the or, or, funniest outcome is better than the best outcome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I like that. Yeah, I like, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to stick with that and run. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I like it. Uh, do you know, you're right. It, it's a show. It's a show. And I'm going to actually name players that mm. may not be selected again uh, if it was just down to... to their uh, ability and uh, no offense to Jose de Souza, but he, he won the grand slam. He has to be in. Mm. Uh, he's an, I, I don't find him entertaining in the slightest. And I, See, I know you I mean, do because he can't count. Yeah. Uh, that's, and, and that's I'm the thing. so glad he got found. So glad oh. he got found out. That was hilarious. I mean, Absolutely his innumeracy hilarious. is very funny, but I realize <laughs> for somebody who spent their entire 
you know professional career where this has been like a badge of honor that you you go certain ways because I've I've looked at all the permutations you have to do this because if you do it this way you give yourself a better chance of success where a bloke who doesn't even know that 2 times 16 is not 34 then <laughs> and he's still winning titles I can understand why that really really annoys you but for me and yeah. a lot of men on the street it's flipping hilarious yeah. way I get it. I get it. I don't like it. Anyway, right. <laughs> so uh, uh, no offence to Glenn Durant. He knows he's not the most entertaining. I like him as a human being, but he knows that. Dimitri Vandenberg, he comes on dancing, dances, uh, but plays a, a kind of mundane game, if you will. Uh, Rob Cross, is he hung on, I think he got his spot purely because Gary Anderson didn't win the world title. It would have been I, interesting, I really do. wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been interesting. It would have been if interesting. Gary had won. I mean, because that's the thing. On the club yeah. side, Gary gets in. Gary was selected for the Premier League back when he was, what, 19 in the world or something like that? Um, because yeah. he's Gary yeah. Anderson. He's a Scottish player as well. That's a big factor. But he is Gary Anderson. He would have been in. Yeah. And it, yeah. it is not, it's an invitational event. And I know that people just rage constantly about their favourite player not being included. And you can make cases for lots of players you include. I, I think you can make cases yeah. for. People like Ian White. I mean, Ian White undoubtedly is an incredibly talented player, but he's not yeah. a player who has got into the Premier League reckoning at any point, unless it happens this year and he goes and wins the Masters. That could happen, you, couldn't it? I think. I think it would be right. About right. He's got nowhere near winning a, a televised title. Nowhere near it. Hmm. If he goes and wins the Masters, then I think the PDC will give it. Well, let's try and make sure we get the uh, UK Open done. And the winner of the UK Open goes in and, and it will be the, the... If the winner of the UK Open is already in the Premier League, then we'll just pick one from the UK Open. We can't have Ian White in. We cannot! We cannot! And right. do you know what? I feel the same about Daryl Gurney as well. I, th I, I don't think... I think he has to win the Masters. I, I do. Mm. I, yeah. I, I just do. And, I mean, Gurney's got the Northern Irish thing the... going for him, but is he enough right now after the year that he's had? Is it's, it enough? Very, yeah, are it's... there enough Are there enough entertainers, Dan? We, look, me personally, uh, Michael Smith or Chizzy. That's what I would go for. Mm. That's what I would go for. But you've got James Wade at number seven in the world. Yeah, with two major finals I, in recent months. I, I, look, I, I, I think they've, they've given themselves a really hard task, but what you said about the, the funniest outcome... Do you know what? <laughs> Who am I cheering on now? I'm cheering on Ian White all day long. Yeah. Come on, Whitey, my son. Can we have a White Ratajski <laughs> final? Is that possible? That, that's the dream. Oh, that is yeah. the dream. Yeah. Um, or, well, or, or, yeah. or a White Wade, you know. I don't think they want Wadey in it. Because I'm not sure he Wadey doesn't wants entertain Wadey in it. He... All he does is moan about it anyway. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe that is the funniest outcome if they force James Wade into it, like the most competitive Brilliant. Premier League lineup, the most difficult one they've ever had to pick, and then they force Brilliant. James Wade into it, and he doesn't want to be there. Uh, I mean, it would be in keeping, bearing in mind that we've got Gary Anderson who. Uh, seemingly seems to be winding down his career, not playing many tournaments and then, you know, making plans yeah. for life after darts. And then what has cha changed his mind to the point where I'm going to stick around for a while, don't you worry about that, is that he finds being in darts so annoying and the things that the pundits are saying so very annoying, they rile him up so much that he yeah. wants to stay. I mean, that doesn't make yeah. any sense at all, but... 
hey, look, that's that's the situation we find ourselves <laughs> in. And uh, we might have something similar with James Wade. Who knows? Um, how do you feel about the Masters, the expanded field? I, 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 don't, uh, I don't have a good strong feelings either way, to be honest. I suppose it's more opportunity um, for players near the top of the rankings. Great stuff. And as I said, it's, it's another opportunity for a hilarious winner who might just squeeze into the Premier League. Yeah, I, I see. I think that's why they've done it. That maybe they're they're looking for for some kind of I don't know Dizwan type character or a I don't know. I'm just looking down. I, I was going to say Mervyn King. Uh, yeah. I, do you know what? I I don't, I don't know, Dan. I I'm like you. Know, I'm kind of ambivalent. I, I yeah. I sixteen twenty four thirty two makes absolutely no difference to me. I I I think it's a it's a good field, actually. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, I certainly am. I've we'll talked more in depth. Someone about can it. come out the clouds. Someone can come out the clouds and and win this, and then all of a sudden, uh, just say it was Dobie. I'm just saying. Yeah. Right. Like, his career is a bit stalled at the moment, and it? it's it's not really going where he thought he was going to go. Maybe six eight months ago, yeah. and if he could pull off. Uh, a shock and and do a job on Vandenberg, then Wade, then Van Gerwen, then Price. <laughs> yeah, this Jeez, is just an odd draw. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, yeah, looking at it, I, I think Chris Dobie does deserve to be in the Premier League if he does all that. I think Chris Dobie deserves to win the Premier League if he does all that. Wow. Yeah, and and look, if he if he does something miraculous and then gets in the Premier League, look, it's a career turned around because. They've made it 24, 24 players. Good luck to him. Yeah, and good, good luck, luck to him. all of them that shouldn't be in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's ultimately that's it. it, it all we've done well, here, we've fun. just sort of hastily arranged this little chat uh, for the first episode of 2021. And rather than come in strong with any great plans or features or anything like that, uh, we've just sort of sat here and gone... Be dead funny if a load of stuff that isn't supposed to happen happens, wouldn't it? And that's basically yeah. what the theme of this entire episode has been. Uh, so we will yeah. have the Masters starting up soon. We will have uh, the Premier League at some point. Have you been tipped off about when that's going to happen yet, Wayne? Who knows? But the one thing that we can't do is is make plans. And I feel sorry for anyone in, in the planning business, which is what the PDC are right now. Absolutely. Well, look, I mean, it's an absolute a feat of brilliance and logistical planning that we actually saw the World Championship go ahead and reach its conclusion. Uh, we will see what we get in terms of the Premier League, but we do know the Masters is on the way later this month. We will have a little bit more in-depth view of that where you can uh, listen to our pearls of wisdom if you've completely forgotten what we said over the World Championship uh, with regard to who's going to win the Masters. Uh, we may be coloured by the fact we're just hoping for some random winner who then forces the PDC's hand and gets themselves a Premier League spot. But you can join in and play on the PDC Picks apps if you want to do that. You've got to be 18 years old, resident in the UK. Terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. If you don't, an angry Scottish man will call you a numpty on live TV across the world. If you're a friend that's problem with gambling, visit thegamblerware.org.